and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle! Hello there and welcome to the Nesson Bruins podcast. I am your host, Nesson.com's Lauren Campbell, joined once again and as always by Nesson.com's Mike Cole and Scott Edwards. Happy game three, guys. Likewise. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Happy. It's a, a home, though, so it's exciting. It is, and that's good news for the Bruins because they are down 2 nothing to the Hurricanes after allowing the Hurricanes to score 10 goals in the first two games. So not a great showing by the Bruins necessarily in game two. I thought game one, they kept pace with them pretty well. Just some glaring power play issues still, but they're making some lineup tweaks for Friday. So Trent Frederick is scratched because of a dumb penalty he took in game two. And we saw Cassidy scratch him during the regular season after taking a costly penalty against the Blues. Frederick ended up responding well the next game. Hopefully that's going to be the case. But Chris Wagner is going into the lineup tonight or Friday. So I don't know. I mean, he's he's had playoff experience. He's played one game with the Bruins this season, spent the whole season in Providence. But the Bruins have to do something big to get back into this series because they cannot go down 3 nothing with a chance to get eliminated on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's the big move that's going to make much of a difference. Um, yeah, I, if it is kind of wild to like look at what they've done for Game Three in terms of lineup changes. Some of it was necessitated, but like uh, by by injury. But like, um, yeah, this lineup looks a lot different than it did the other night. Um, and you know, getting Wagner in there, I understand why they did it. And I also don't really have any other take other than, I guess, you know, if the last thing that you want when you're playing, they're basically playing for their season beginning tonight. And the last thing you want in that regard is a dumb mistake. And for whatever, you know, ceiling that Trent Frederick might have, whatever ceiling even Anton Blee might have, I, I don't think, Chris Wagner gets to that ceiling, but I also don't think he does anything that you have to, you know, you're always waiting for the the shoe to drop with him. So I think you put him in there and it's like, you're going to play seven minutes tonight anyway. Like, and then if there's, if it turns into a special teams game, especially if the Bruins are getting more power plays, you're not going to see him at all. And if they're down by a goal or two late, he's going to be stapled to the bench in the third period. So like, it it doesn't make much of a difference in, in my mind. No disrespect to Chris Wagner by all accounts, a, a wonderful human, a great man, um, a local kid. I don't know if you guys have heard, but I do think the the biggest benefit or the biggest change that they get by putting him in is a little more, not even dependency, because like again, you're not depending on him to do anything other than to not be a knucklehead, which I think he can handle. Yeah, um, I think it's a lateral move. It doesn't necessarily change the way that third line works. I don't think, you know, now going into the game, we'd be like, all right, they're going to score, you know, two goals on the night. And, you know, they're going to be the, they're going to be the boost that the Bruins needed after two games of, you know, one-sidedness. Unfortunately, I don't think that's what it's going to do. But, you know, what, Happy for Wagner, really. I mean, he spent his entire season down in Providence, gets in in that one game at the end of the season, 
plays well, and now he's here on the, on the playoff team. It's just kind of crazy to think about. Like, all year long, they didn't use him, and now playoff time, he's in the lineup ready to go. So I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to be um, inspired. So maybe, just maybe, that leads to a goal. You, know, you never know. That's that's what happens in the playoffs. You never know what happens, but I think that could work for him. Oh, poor Scott. <laughs> Uh, young naive scott um no but i actually think scott kind of inadvertently touched on a a, something i hadn't thought of it's like for wagner to get the call on a game like this tells you how much cassie actually does trust him like i guess that's implied by the fact that he's going in there um that Cassie chose him as the guy he wants to put in the lineup, but to do it after the guy spent the entire year in the league <laughs> is pretty nuts. Um, I, it's not like he hasn't been here before either. That's the other thing. He's got yeah, yeah. A, a pretty good, you know, resume of playoff experience. So he's not, the, the moment's not going to be too big for him. So just, like I said, go out there and don't, don't screw anything up. Basically be a bridge from like yeah. one shift to the next. So but- they got bigger problems than Chris Wagner having to be in the lineup. You know, like there's a lot bigger problems on the defensive side more than anything now. So, well, that and the forward lines above him as well. <laughs> well yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I actually thought, like, not to uh, in game <laughs> one, especially the fourth line was really good. Yeah. Mm. They were, they were, I felt like they were all playing like the, like they were playing for their lives. Like and maybe <laughs> those fourth line guys are, I mean, Frederick yeah. third line, but. Right. Yeah. Bottom, bottom six, but like, yeah, it, it is interesting. how it kind of like shuffles a little bit now. Um, but yeah, like I think putting with what they've, how they've rejiggered that, like, I think it's still possible for them to get energy out of it. I, I think like the productivity probably, the expected productivity probably goes down a little bit, but like I said, I you just kind of hope they come shot out of the gun and like yeah. hit a few guys too. Like he's not that's the only thing though. He's it's not like he's a physical presence. <laughs> he's just a nice, a nice man. Nice guy. A great guy. Great <laughs> guy. Good to his mother. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh there are other lineup changes that I feel like, well, one was necessary because Hampus Lindholm will not play game three after leaving game two after uh, a really big hit. Um, But Mike Riley will slot in in that role. He'll play with McAvoy. And I think he's the obvious choice. I know some people were calling for Josh Brown because he brings that physical game. But I also felt like maybe Josh Brown wasn't the, the best idea there because going back to what Mike said, like, just don't be a knucklehead. And I feel like (laughs) tension's already high game two getting super chippy. Josh Brown probably isn't that guy you want in there. And Riley's played with McAvoy. You know, he's, he's got that experience with McAvoy. So I, I just, I thought that was the obvious choice. Josh Brown is not a guy I would want to meet in a dark alley. Like, I think he's a, (laughs) he's a tough guy, but like his, like f- defensive aptitude doesn't match his toughness, which like that's kind of my problem with no matter what they would have done there. Like, I don't know the better option, which is unfortunate for them because going home, you get last change now 
and you can start this is where you're supposed to be able to like play those matchups especially with what carolina's been able to do up top like this was the starting tonight like how you, you know how you start to get back in that series is you go put that fairly elite top pairing out there against that Carolina top line and try to erase them similar to the way that the hurricanes have erased the Bergeron line in Raleigh. So that option's gone no matter who slots in, right? Like I don't think there's a move that they could have made, whether it was putting somebody in or reshuffling after putting somebody in that would have given them that shutdown D pairing. And so maybe this is, you know, I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent after talk, you know, a, a topic that's supposed to be centered around the defense, but like, I mean, if you're not going to get anything out of the first line, at least go out there tonight and be an eraser and, you know, make it a little bit easier here. I'll tie it in, make it easier for Mike Riley, you know, put him in a position where he doesn't have to defend his ass off and he can get those pucks and help clear the zone and help, you know, on a breakout. Cause like, that's where he's going to be most effective. He's not going to go in there and, check a guy and completely take him out of there. Like he defensively, he just isn't as good as he is, you know, with the puck on his stick. So, you know, it's not a perfect fit, but to Lauren's point, there's some familiarity there. Um, you know, this is a guy that they, they went out and traded for last year. They extended. So they have to feel fairly confident in what he can do. He just hasn't done it enough this year, but you know, here's your opportunity, bud. Like, go get it. Yeah, there was there was a time I think last year where everyone was confident in Mike Riley being in the lineup, and if he could resemble yeah. that in any way, you know, in his first game back, it's kind of like the Wagner thing. He's gonna come out, you know, inspired, and you just hope that he plays some of his best hockey. And unfortunately, we haven't seen much of his best hockey this year, which is why he's scratched in the first place. But really, we also didn't really see much in the playoffs last year either. So that's true. That's well, that's why I'm like saying, like, after the trade deadline last year, that was his best. Um, that's why he got a contract extension ultimately. Uh, you know, losing Lindholm is obviously like devastating to the team, and we know he hasn't played truthfully, he hasn't played that many games for the Bruins. Like, you know, he got hurt at the end of the regular season. And, now he's hurt now, and, you know, there's no one to blame. You're not going to blame him about that injury, this current one. Like, he got rocked by Svechnikov, and it's just – it's part of the game. And all you can really hope is that the next man up steps up. Uh, I think he definitely can. It's just a matter of does he, and <laughs> I wish I had the answer. I mean, <laughs> it's not just a Mike Riley stepping up thing. This is a entire team needs to step up situation tonight. Yeah, like if you're not to interject, but like if you're leaning on the the Rileys and the Wagners of the world to get you back into the series, you're getting back into the series, like yeah. we're probably burying the lead a little bit. But I mean, if there's ever a time for the next man up mentality, it's right now. Like they you have <laughs> players missing, you have line shuffles, you have players going in who have played one game for you this season. So it's. It's a, it's a must-win game for the Bruins, and they cannot go into Sunday's game four if their back's against the wall. And Cassidy, as we've seen so many times in the season, he's not afraid to switch those lines up. He put the top line of Marshan Bergeron, and Pashanak back together in game two to hopefully generate something. Too little too late at that point in the game, but I felt that 
maybe there was a bit more of urgency with with the trio together and he's going to roll with them tonight so hopefully that will provide a spark if you can get them together it's just nothing seems to be working in the Bruins favor the last two games so hopefully we see vintage top line I I don't know I don't know if this is the answer either. I, I, I don't know, but I, I think it's worth trying. You, you're mixing things up already, so might as well just what, go with what's worked for you in the past. Scott, what do you think of that first line? I'm, I'm looking something up, so you can weigh in first here. Um, you got to try everything. You're, you know, your season's on the line. You have to try everything. And obviously, like, you know, they, the first line is set this way, but it's going to change throughout the game. That's just how it goes because – these top two lines are going to play heavy minutes. Um, and I mean, you're in desperation mode because the truth is, you know, Carolina has had your number every single time you've played. They've scored five goals back to back games. And in the, we, we know the tale of the regular season against them. It, it wasn't pretty. That's, that's true. It hasn't been pretty, has yet to be pretty against Carolina. The prettiest it's ever been was that first period in game one when no one scored. That was the best the Bruins have looked against Carolina all year. So if you're going to try to just change it up in any way possible, whatever creates offense, which is what you need most right now, the most goals you have against Carolina this year are two while they're scoring five at will. You got to try everything and whatever sparks this offense, I'm willing to go with, even if it, you know, truthfully hurts other ones. They absolutely have to carry the play tonight. Like they, I, and they did. And, you know, the numbers, are, I mean, too little, too late. Maybe it's you know easier to look good when you've, you know, the game's pretty much out of, out of hand, but like the advanced numbers, Looked good for that line on uh, what was that Wednesday night? Um, so like they obviously didn't miss a beat in reuniting. Uh, but if it doesn't work, then again, like it added to the list of things that you're you're parked because this isn't. I don't know if I would call this a desperation move, but it's like a, a needed move. But the problem with that is, is like you're running out of glass cases to break in case of emergency like <laughs> and i you know so like they need to they need i mean no duh right like no duh but they need their biggest night of the series all three of them individually and you've got to hope that collectively that kind of is enough because you know we've been singing the we can't sit here and say like this is a great move this is so smart like wow, this is, you know, <laughs> the guy, you know, reinvented the wheel here. Because A, we know how good they are. And B, we sat here for the last three months or whatever it is, singing their praises for the decision to split up that top line and how much <laughs> score depth it gave them. So if they don't score tonight, if they don't score the rest of the series, they're done because you're all of a sudden your second line isn't as good. And your third line yeah. isn't as good either tonight because – you took out, you know, Frederick and, you know, Frederick wasn't even scoring goals, but at least that, uh, you know, that line was generating chances. Taylor Hall has been your best player in the series, right? He's yeah. been the best player that they've had. What does he do without Posh? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> We're about to find out. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's no guarantee he continues to be the best player on the ice for them. And so like, that's a calculated risk too. And that kind of just tells you where they're at right now. So that's just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's not definitely, definitely not a desperation move. I, I think it was needed. I think getting those guys back together, hopefully will do the trick and what Cassidy is hopeful for, but maybe it is a desperation move. Like you, I, I guess it all comes down to semantics, right? Like you can't just keep getting your ass kicked. Like you got to do something. <laughs> so maybe it is desperation. It's not like a desperation move. Sometimes I'm the one who just said it wasn't that, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like if you're about to get you know hit by a car, is it a desperation move to dive out of the way? Like, <laughs> I guess so, but it's also the right move. You know? Right. It, yes. That's quite the analogy. Cause you know, but um it's I don't know I, I like the move obviously but you mentioned Taylor Hall who's been the best player of this series and you take Pasternak away from him and we're about to find out does can Taylor Hall be a the same kind of player without Pasternak of course your game's always going to be elevated playing alongside somebody like like Pasternak but I think I'm excited to see that top line back together for probably hopefully a full 60 minutes but they as a whole need to come out scoring they need to get on the hurricanes quick because they can't play from behind for, uh, against the team <laughs> no. they, know that. They, they know that very very well so they if this if this top line if they can't do anything or if they get shut down the bruins are in big big trouble i'm stating the yeah. obvious here but I think a big key to game three is they need to score first and they cannot let Carolina get a lead. They cannot let Carolina score first. They can't be playing from behind. This is no, like you got to, you got to come out with your best hockey. You need to take a game from this series because it's not looking good right now for, for the Bruins. Yeah. Um, I just want to say like, you know, we say Hall's the best player uh, on the ice so far. I can't say, you know, with Pasternak on his line, Pasternak looked great. He hasn't necessarily, like, been noticeable this series, but that maybe this will jolt him. I mean, you just got to hope Taylor Hall stays at what he's doing. And then, truthfully, the way you win tonight is you have a goalie that saves you the game. That's what you get. You need your goalie to save you the game tonight. You, you know, I know the Predators lost yesterday, but Connor Ingram had, like, 49 saves. I, don't even, I barely even know who Connor Ingram is but he did that against Colorado and kept them in it. So like, that's my whole thing is you need Jeremy Swayman to come in tonight and just have one of the best games of his season, which of course is asking a lot against Carolina. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the goalie thing is, is big too. And maybe this is, maybe I'm just not smart and like, it's a bad take, but like, I do feel like Swayman is more likely to be that to do that than Olmark. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that a wrong like am I just no, do I not, no do am I not watching the right thing? Like maybe I don't know. It's felt like that way all season. Yeah, and like there's also a chance it's three nothing after one tonight. <laughs> yeah. And then and another lineup change is the goalie. So uh Swayman is going in for game three. And Cassidy said, he's like, we're probably going to use both goalies. Goaltending has not been the sole issue here for the Bruins. Yes, you'd like a goal, a game or two 
back from one of, from Allmark, a uh, goal or two back from, from Allmark. But I think you need to give Swayman a look. You need to give him a chance. And maybe again, not really a desperation move, but it's also like, you're going to put the rookie in who has 19 minutes of playoff experience, but I think he'll be able to hold his own. It's just a matter of will the defense hold up their end? Will they break down in front of him? Will, will the offense come through? Will they score on the power play? There's a lot riding on the Bruins team as a whole, but I am excited for Jeremy Swayman. I'm excited to see what he can do and how he responds to whatever this game brings, but it's, you're going to look at his start and be like, well, did the defense break down in front of him? Because that happened so many times this year with, with the Bruins. Yeah. If they play like they've been playing, it's not going to matter. Like, again, I mean, we probably could have saved ourselves a half hour of time. Just say like, if they (laughs) continue to play like this, they're going to continue to get run out of the building. But like, yeah, to kind of tie up two points that we were just making, like you really just got to hope that Swayman does the game seven Bennington. And because if he doesn't, and I would imagine there's going to be a push from Carolina early. Um, I know everybody's probably think the Bruins get a push earlier. Maybe they do out of the, out of the box, but Carolina veteran team, they've been down this road before, like they're coming back. And at some point, Bennington's going to have to make a big save probably earlier than later. And like, you know, this is still, you know, Lauren's point about they've got to get out early on them. Carolina this year, 41, four and six when scoring first 36, one and three when leading after two and 44, one and oh, when they hold the two, two goal lead in a game. So like that, I mean, yeah, everything's important right now. Um, but him coming out and vomiting all over himself, Swayman giving up an early goal, a couple of early goals really I mean, turn out the lights at that point. So, <laughs> like, I I think they have a chance to get back into the series. I mean, I picked Carolina to win the series in six. So, um, you know, that's I, – I wouldn't be surprised. If, you know, nothing I've seen so far completely shocks me. But I do think there's at least a chance for, for the Bruins to, to make this thing somewhat competitive. Um, and it starts earlier in the game. And it starts with – burying chances and, and keeping the puck out of your net and like, duh, I guess. Right. Again, like this is nothing earth shattering, but like you look at, they just haven't been able to, to find that, that touch. Cause they've been good or not. They haven't been good. They were really good in, in the first period of game one. And at certain times in game two, it was, it was okay. It's just, they haven't put it together yet. Whether they can do that. I don't know, but it, it to tie this whole thing together, like, your goalie's going to have to kind of steal you a period here and there to make sure that you can kind of, you know, bridge that gap from the first to the second to the third. So. Yeah. You're going to need the desperation that you saw at the end of game two. Like you need that first period, second period, third period, nonstop. You can't have any flat play because when you are flat against Carolina, they make you pay. We saw it both games in a row. I mean, the, the thing is, like, Tony D'Angelo this year seems to be, like, the Victor Hedman against the Bruins of, like, every wrist shot he takes from the blue line gets through. And I'm like, what is – like, why is this happening? Like, how does that happen every single time? I mean, I guess credit to him for getting it through every time, but you can't be flat against this team. Carolina is so talented from top to bottom. Their defense suffocates you. 
Like we, we talked about this a little bit last week and it's kind of shocking how many people were confident, like going against Carolina as if, like, I understand regular season doesn't matter, but like regular season kind of matters when the, the score was what it was against this team. Like I understand the Tuka game was in there, but you know what? There was the other games in there too. Like those happened. Uh, Carolina is getting the Bruins out of their game by being physical. And it's, it's a tale kind of that we've seen for years now with the Bruins. It's like we saw it with, with the Blues. They did this against the Bruins and took them out of the game ultimately in the end. Don't be flat. Don't be bad with penalties. Just don't do it. Just don't. Like that game the other day, I know there were some bad calls. I understand that. But you put them in, you put the referees in a position where they can make calls. Don't do that. Just go out there, play your game, and play it hard. Yeah, I think um, I think we've all kind of hit on the keys to how the Bruins will win tonight. But who is tonight's X factor? Scott. Oh, I am. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. That's, that's tough. Uh, Jeremy Swayman. Jeremy Swayman. I think if he comes out, plays big, doesn't you know, give up a goal in the first five minutes, ten minutes, he yeah. could be in for a good strong night. And uh, if he if he stands on his head, Bruins can win this one. Uh, I'll, I'll say I was going to give Scott hell for picking a, the, the goalie who's being inserted in the lineup as the X factor. Um, but I, I'll go with David Posternock, So I'm not a whole lot better. Uh, <laughs> but like, I like Posternock's kind of holding the key to a lot of the issues right now. Um, which is probably a very polite way of saying he hasn't played well enough. Um, <laughs> He's just been like atrocious on the power play with like his puck management. And that's just been a huge issue for them. I know they're going to probably try to dump the puck and kind of, cha- you know, a bit of a dump and chase on the play on the power play now, instead of carrying it over the blue line. But like, I mean, if you played a drinking game with every time he lost the puck at the blue line, trying to enter on the power play, uh, you know, that's cirrhosis of the liver by now. And, <laughs> you know, obviously him going up to the first line, you know, it just takes one game for him to get going. And, you know, the gamble or the roll of the dice is that this gets him going because, you know, Bergeron's been fine and, and Marshawn, at least you can trust defensively. But I think this is a move done pretty much primarily to get Pasternak going. So I think both even strength and on the power play, he has, uh, like I said, he's got a couple of keys to unlock some stuff here. Whether he can turn it has yet to be seen. For sake of not repeating what either of you just said, I'm going to say Charlie McAvoy because you need to see you need to see more physicality out of the Bruins, but you need to he needs to throw his weight around a little bit more. And we saw glimpses of that. He has laid some big hits, but we need more of that. And now that you have are without Hampus Lindholm, you're losing a lot of size there. So he really needs to start using his size to his advantage. And just I know he, he seems like a very polite man, but just start rocking <laughs> like just. He, like I said, we've seen it. We know he's capable of it, and you need to do that against this Carolina team. I wonder if maybe he's less likely to do it now, though. Mm. True. Because, True. like, I don't think he wants to go – I don't know. I don't, I don't know this for a fact. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, I would think twice about it if I were him trying to lay a guy out at the blue line or something, and now all of a sudden you've got two-on-one on Mike Riley. It's like, oh, yeah. 
Definitely pros um, cons to that. You don't want, and you know, you don't want McAvoy getting hurt. You don't want, you don't want him to all of a sudden be on the ice and be like, oh, great, and lose another defenseman. Yeah, already had that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's the other thing, too, is like, we don't know for sure how healthy Charlie McAvoy is either. Right. Yeah, that's, I think that's my favorite part of the end of the season is finding out these injuries. I shouldn't say favorite, but like just being like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy that they're injured, but it's just, realizing how hurt they ended up being, but all right. Predictions. Do the Bruins win tonight? I'm saying, yes, I'm going to be optimistic. No. Uh, I say yes. Uh, bonus X factor would be hall too. Like if, if hall can continue to play the way that he has without Pasternak, I think they're in business. I'm not sold on that, but I think for at least one night, they figure it out. I think they feed off the home crowd. Um, it's a group with a lot of pride and I just can't imagine them, you know, because if they go down three nothing, like it's this thing's just done as done can be. And I know a lot of people already think it is, but I, I think there's a little bit of pride left in there. I think, you know, maybe this is Bergeron's last year. If that's even remotely known with inside that room, and that's there's even a slight indication that he might not be coming back next year, then I expect a team that's completely shot out of a cannon tonight. You know, and if that doesn't happen, then uh oh. <laughs> Bonus. Yeah. Bonus, bonus X factor, the very first power play of the night for the Bruins. Oh, can we just decline it? Like, I, I wish this could be, <laughs> I wish the power play has just been. If they score, they win the game on the first power play. If they score on the first power play, they win. And if That's they don't, I, they lose. I mean, you'd have, you'd have the crowd hopefully on your side. Hopefully it's like, yeah. you know, zero, zero, or, you know, you're not losing. Uh, but I feel like that first power play sometime in the first period could mean a lot to the Bruins winning this game or losing. Yeah, so now it's just a matter of waiting and seeing, and hopefully next week we can come back and talk about uh, the series still going on and not the end of the Bruins season. So until next time, this is the Nesson Bruins pod. Rate, review, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm Lauren, that's Mike, that's Scott, and we'll see you next week, for better or for worse. <laughs>